Hello and welcome to the AJ on the Line podcast. This is your Miami Grand Prix review. You join me, you join Jimmy, you join Joe. Minutes after the Grand Prix has finished in Miami, it's a little bit later in the evening than we're used to recording these sorts of things, but we still have much to talk about. I should... No, I shouldn't have said howdy, it's the wrong part of America. How do they say hello in uh, that part of America, Jim? I honestly couldn't tell you, I'm sorry. Yeah. Going to our cultural correspondent. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you have a good time watching the Miami Grand Prix this weekend? It was kind of nice watching it in the evening for a change, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I thought, I did think they overread the pudding a bit with all the sort of starting on Wednesday, you know, fake... Uh, fake marinas and all that sort of stuff and um yeah but anyway it's good it's nice i mean it's america isn't it it's america distilled into a race it's excess and um yeah and that's it really isn't it so from the food portions to the police escorts to the podium it it had it all and it was all very american as you say but the americans are very good at being american and they put on a show and did you enjoy the show joe uh, depends if by show you mean the pre-race stuff or the race. Well, it it, it was all the show. Yeah, but... <laughs> but I, I suppose you're referring to the fact that the race wasn't as much of a show as what happened before, a little bit after. I was just referring to the fact that I don't think much of the pre-race stuff, really. But there we go. Oh, fair enough. Well, the thing is, you two, I, I like to think, are quite British blokes. Like you're, you're very sti- stereotypically British. Like uh, stiff, not stiff up a lip, but you, you don't really. You and the American culture are quite different. You know, it's all bananas, and you know, everybody you know, going way and all that sort of stuff. I'd be just standing there being normal and just enjoying the race. I'd probably get annoyed by the people surrounding me as well, getting overexcited. I'd just tell them to sit down and shut up. But. You know, <laughs> But the point is, you've got to let the Americans do their thing, and it's commercially brilliant for the sport. So um, we will talk about that more later, but we have some race ratings to grab from you too. Joe, we'll begin with you. What are we rating the Miami Grand Prix out of 10? Four. Which was the score that you gave the previous race in Imola. Yep, it is. Um, And, you know, I think... It got saved by those last few laps as as well. Could have been even lower, but there we go. I've got to agree with you there. The last few laps did save its bacon, and there was much bacon, I'm sure, on the burgers that were being sold. But we need to hear what Jimmy had to say. Do you agree with Joe? Was it a 4 out of 10? Yeah, the first couple of laps were quite exciting, Um, and then Verstappen just pulled away, unfortunately, and it, it sort of... It wasn't as good as everybody hyped it up to be. And I think Formula 1 needs to remember that as well as having a brilliant spectacle, you need to have a good race. Um, because if it wasn't for that safety car, it really wouldn't have been a great race, unfortunately. And it still wasn't a great race. It's just less less terrible, should we say. I think that the way that they were hyping up, it was never going to live up to it. Even, even if it was a half-decent race, it was never going to live up to the hype that was surrounding that race. I've got to say, that final sector really did lend itself to a car getting a slipstream and having a go on the main straight. I I do like the fact that they've got 
a straight going into a few high-speed corners and then another straight because that actually invites overtaking. So often we see a long straight after a hairpin or something like that 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 lets the cars get further further apart. So at least that part of the track was good, but I yeah, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just Red Bull were too good for Ferrari and Ferrari and Red Bull were too good for everyone else uh, to to make an exciting race. But um, I'm sure we will get into that a bit more. Um, let's just talk about what we predicted before the race. I seem to remember you predicting that Mick Schumacher would get his first points and maybe even a podium this weekend, Joe. He was so close to those first points, wasn't he? Well, yeah, I was going to mention that in a, in a little bit, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he bottled it in the end there, didn't he? Did he bottle it? Well, I think... Or did Sebastian Vettel bottle it? I think... The, do you know, I haven't actually seen it back, so I'm not entirely sure, but... Sebastian Vettel, to to coin your phrase, Joe, <laughs> clarted him. Oh, uh, right, well... Good phrase, very good phrase. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Mick Schumacher clarted Sebastian Vettel. Well, why are you asking me <laughs> if, it, if he threw it away? He clearly threw it away then. Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm not used to these sorts of times. Um, <laughs> but anyway, my, I know I predicted quite wrongly that Lewis Hamilton would win the race. Um, I was going really bold there. <laughs> but what was it that you had said? It was Miami by Will Smith would be played. But it wasn't played, which I was really confused about. But I think the reason was because he he slapped Chris Rock at the uh, the the watching that award ceremony, and uh, I think that everybody wanted to distance themselves, socially distance themselves from him, um, because of uh, just the Mister. You're right. Will Will Smith was the only A list celebrity which, that yeah, wasn't there. Which I'm surprised because Hamilton loves Will Smith usually. Yeah, but, but I think that the reason that you gave just a few seconds ago is why he wasn't there. Yeah, indeed. Michelle Obama was there though. Which is, you know... Yeah, that, that's fairly A-list, isn't it? It's more A-list than James Corden, who was also there. Yeah, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, DJ Khaled. He was an experience on the grid, <laughs> there wasn't were, he? There were many. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to that later. We'll come oh, to that later. Let me get yeah. into that in just a few moments, yeah. Jimmy. Because, <laughs> oh, that grid walk from Martin was something else, wasn't Indeed. it? Uh, let's move on to the first award. And that is the biggest winner. Jimmy, we'll stay with you. Who is getting your biggest winner award? My biggest winner award is going to go to George Russell. Um, simply because um, he had an amazing P2, finished top of the, the standings, and it looked like he was doing a great job. Um, then in qualifying, or P3, it just went terribly wrong. Um, reverted the strategy or the setup back for... Um, uh, qualifying, uh, qualified 12th, but he managed to beat Lewis and he got very lucky with the safety car and strategy, uh, but it was a hell of a save from him, I think. So that's why I'm going to give him the win. Yeah, great drive from George Russell. Um, and yeah, it, he had that strategy down to a T and the safety car played its part too. Uh, yeah, Joe, who was your biggest winner? going to be boring and go for Max Verstappen. He won the race. He uh, passed Charles Leclerc on track once again. 
after qualifying behind him. That's uh, the th- is it the third time now that he's passed Charles on track this season. I think so. Yeah, for the win. So yeah, maintains his hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent win to finish ratio. So yeah, I think it's looking very good for um, Red Bull if they can keep their reliability concerns in check. Which you know, obviously. There was a little bit of a moment for them this race on the other car, but if they can keep these reliability concerns in check, the Red Bull, at least in Max Verstappen and only Max Verstappen's hands, looks the slightly quicker race car than the Ferrari at the moment. It does indeed. Yeah, and it's it's slippery in the straights too. It's very fast uh, in terms of its aero, and it can get to a higher top speed, which arguably kept him in the lead in those final few laps because Leclerc was right on his tail, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. It's something they need to get into control Ferrari because otherwise, I mean, it doesn't look good for them for the rest of the season, to be honest. I think the thing is, once Verstappen's passed, it, it's he's so much harder to repass because of that straight line advantage. Yeah. It almost felt once um, Charles Leclerc had been passed by Max Verstappen that I, I said I said at the time um, to my dad, uh, if that was Lewis in a Mercedes a few years ago against Max, they'd have put him on like a three or four stop strategy and done something crazy <laughs> where he, he's like, well, what are you doing pitting me so much? And then he would have come back and overtaken him on the much fresher tyres. But that's that's the only way that I can see Ferrari potentially beating Red Bull and that's on strategy and... When you're that far behind, it's very difficult to play the strategy card. You you need to be on the offensive the whole time. So, yeah, it's a shame uh, uh, that Ferrari can't take it to Max Verstappen as much, but they're still looking fairly solid, and they've still got a lead in both championships. So, who knows? They might bring a, an upgrade to Spain, because I don't believe they were a team that brought an upgrade to Miami uh, whereas quite a few teams did. Uh, my biggest winner, we've discussed it already, is Formula One's success in the United States. I think it's fair to say that they have broken into this US market. Um, it's something that I, I did for my dissertation. I'm not, I'm not taking credit for it, but um, immediately after I did that for my dissertation, it just exploded. So read into that what you will. Do you agree with me? Has F1 broken America, Jimmy? I think so, yeah. Um, Maybe not for the reasons why it should, which is the good racing. Because I think to break into America, you have to do a lot of added things on a race weekend. So like if you go to Spa or Silverstone, where there's maybe something on the Thursday evening and then we get into the racing, um, it tends to be, you know, Kygo or the, the, the DJ there doing DJ sets and all that sort of thing to get people attracted which I get why they have to do it, but it's just, should they really be having to try that hard? They should be trying to promote it for the racing and the thrill of it rather than all the added extras that come along with it. I know what, I know what you mean. Um, I, I feel almost as though Formula One has always been a bit more than racing. It's always sold itself as that glamorous experience. Um, and I guess that is what sold so well on Netflix. Joe, do you have anything to add on the F1 in the US front? Well, it's certainly doing better than it was a, 
a few years ago. I mean, at least we had more than six cars on the grid. So, yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't bad for a car park, was it? No, no, it wasn't. I mean, I think there were certainly some complaints about the track, but... Well, well yeah, uh, safety concerns there were. Um, there was a. a cool it, it wasn't the greatest for racing either, was it? I mean, as I saw someone say on Twitter, I know they were going for the Monaco vibe, but for the first fifty odd laps, they were taking it a bit far. <laughs> it it was that silly chicane that really made it difficult, like the really tight corners mm. in the middle of the, well you've got to sometimes have tight corners on a circuit to make it interesting like they can't all be high speed and straight but let's see if they can do anything about it i wonder you know where they had that really tight left right uh, if they just change the track to straight line that i wonder if they can carry a bit more speed round and stay closer um, onto the straight that follows that mm. i'm sure they've got some architects working on it already um and the difficulty is that they are building a track on a car park around a stadium underneath a highway. So they've, they've got some logistical challenges, but they're the Americans. They can do anything if they put their minds to it, I'm sure. We might as well stay on the topic of the safety of the track because there were some concerns with the corners um, or that corner that Sainz and Ocon both had an incident um, where it's a concrete wall. They both said that it was uh, the biggest crashes uh, impact-wise that they've had of their careers. And Sainz said after the race that he was still suffering with his neck. Do you think that the FIA should be taking these safety concerns more seriously rather than still discussing things such as pants and piercings definitely yeah well yeah i mean i think if you're gonna if you're gonna try and outlaw piercings on safety ground you can't have a car hit a wall at what was it did someone say did they say in the race it was 50g 51g yeah it was it was in the region of 40 50g yeah you can't have someone you can't have someone hit a, an unprotected wall at 50g so you know i think there's it's only a second second gear corner as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That I don't think they were even going at a hundred miles an hour. It's it's ridiculous, really. And yes, it's quite a lot of the wall that they're going to have to cover. Or maybe they'd run out of Tet Pro barrier, but it it's not really a good excuse <laughs> when there's a race as big as that, like because someone could get seriously hurt in that situation, and then yeah, then what? It just doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, if you've got piercings, you know, uh, the implication comes in piercings if you have a major crash. So what the FIA are doing is causing a major crash potentially and then creating the problem about the piercings. Well, if you put this, I, I know piercings is a, is a difficult subject. I think it's it, it's predominantly there to get Hamilton because... It's jewellery in general, it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think that it's, yeah. to a certain degree, it's quite sensible because if you go for an MRI or an X-ray or something like that, metal piercings in an MRI scanner aren't too good. You know, you've got a big magnet and very sensitive. It's a good job they're not driving around in a big magnet. It though, is, yeah. It? I'm just saying if the Or an MRI <laughs> exactly. scanner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. So, you know, there's lots of different views. and Yeah, I sort of get, I get the driver's 
concerns about the wall definitely, but the piercing seems a bit crazy. Now, on that, I I guess one side of the argument is well, at least the FIA are following all of their rules to the letter uh, because they they weren't too good at that towards the end of last season. You might remember, or you might not. Um, so on that side of things, you can argue. Fair enough. But I did see some reports, I don't know how true they were, that they were allowing wedding rings to be worn still. Now, if you're going to ban jewellery, don't allow jewellery. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, don't allow that grey area. Do you think that it is targeted at Lewis Hamilton, or uh, do you think that it's just them being very anal about the whole thing? Yeah, I don't know why there's all such a mess about it. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like, Danica Patrick, who was the Sky commentator uh, for this weekend, said she wore earrings her whole life without any trouble. So why is there a big problem for Hamilton? And it detracts away from everything as well. It just makes it a bit farcical. Well, Mohammed bin Sulayen, who is in charge of the FIA, has been quite strong on um, trying to get this law enforced. And... And that the reason he's given is so that Lewis Hamilton and all the drivers set a good example to those in, in lower series. But yeah, I guess the problem with that is some of Lewis Hamilton's most iconic images have him wearing jewellery in them already. Like, <laughs> you can't edit those out now. Um, so that's that's already etched in history forever. And yeah, it's, it's where do you draw the line? Hamilton... And Vettel made made a bit of a stance, though. I know you're a man for watches, Jimmy, but have you ever worn three watches, seven uh, necklaces, and eight rings at one time? But yeah, it was just a way of getting to the point and to say, look, I'm wearing you know three watches, and you can't stop me. So yeah, I sort of it's quite clever, Hamilton. I mean, you know, it's a piss take and a two fingers up to the FIA, and Seb did it as well with his underwears on his uh, overalls as well. Because I don't know how the FIA can stop the drivers wearing underwear. Because are they going to check? It's like, this is a bit... Would, would you like the job of checking that all the drivers are wearing <laughs> fireproof underwear? Not really. Um, but it just seems a bit... It all makes... It's just farcical. And after what happened last year as well, it's like, what's the point? You're just digging yourself a bigger hole. The FIA are, are they? Yeah. Um... One more mention of Sebastian Vettel before we move on to big losers. Um, although Vettel was a fairly big loser this weekend, so he might he might return. Um, did you see that he's going to be on Question Time on Thursday this week? I have Sebastian not seen Vettel? that, no. In person? Yes. That's brilliant. <clears throat> I'm going to watch that. Well, I, I, I'm going to tune in too. They used to love Question Time, but then it all went online. And, you know, all virtual and then you don't quite get the sort of angriness and the sort of you know debating that was previously the case where you used to have the the audience cheering and you know all the panelists getting angry with each other it was quite entertaining but anyway let's move on i think we're getting bogged down it was a bit like wwe it was, was yeah. it but there's no fighting and they're all wearing suits well for for those of you listening outside of the uk question time is a political show um, in which notable people in politics and outside of politics get together in front of a group of UK audience uh, to be asked questions about 
topical issues. You would imagine that the topical issues that Sebastian Vettel will be focused on will be surrounding climate change. And you'd imagine that someone's going to throw it in his face and say, well, why are you a, why are you a Formula One driver? If, you, if you're interested in the answer to that, go and watch question time on thursday i suppose <laughs> that might that might quench your thirst for that answer but what we're going to do now is move on to our biggest loser award who was the biggest loser in the miami grand prix jimmy aston martin <laughs> i agree jimmy but tell me why see if we agree for the reasons when the race was about to begin the cars were going to the grid um there was a fuel issue and um they had to start from the pit lane, um, and then things just went bad to worse. Uh, Seb had to retire because of that incident with Mick uh, towards the end of the the race, and yeah, pretty bad race to be honest for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a bad end to a a pretty terrible weekend for them um, after Saturday, and then Sunday it, it was getting even worse. Their season's not really going well either. Do you think at some point? Lawrence Stroll is going to get fed up and then sell the team on for a bit of a profit to an Aldi or a, or a Porsche who are trying to get into Formula One. Things haven't been going very well. They've hired quite a few high-level management in the sort of automotive sector. Well, they've just fired their their CEO of the automotive sector, who they they only got in a, a matter of well less than two years ago. Yeah, and he was um, an ex Mercedes executive. So apparently now he's gone for all yeah. uh, Ferrari executives. Road cars aren't as easy. I know Aston Martin's a luxury brand, but it's not as easy to get right as, a, say, Tommy Hilfiger or a clothing brand like he's done before. You know, there's a lot more moving parts. You know, there are a lot more expensive assets and that sort of thing. Um, and the quality has to be there. Building quality into cars is a, a very difficult thing. And, and yeah, um, it's difficult to see. And he doesn't seem a very patient man, Lawrence Stroll, does he? Would you have Would you have the patience, or would you sell it on Joe? Don't know. I'm not a top level businessman. Um, I feel like if I did own an F1 team, I'd be quite patient with it. Um, but there we go. I don't know. I mean, depends depends how much money it's making slash losing him at the end of the day, doesn't it? I think. Well, maybe my crack will be the answer. Um, we'll move on to, <laughs> well, sorry, Mike crack. Um, we'll move on to your biggest loser, Joe. Um, who was it? Mick Schumacher. I think he was, uh, so close to those first points. Um, I think he was running quite comfortably in ninth at one point. Um, but yeah, threw it away at the end. Um, unfortunate, but, um, at the end of the day, I think it was his fault. Um, and, yeah, just just not happening for him, unfortunately. Have you jinxed Mick Schumacher again, Joe? Um, yeah, sorry, Mick. Well, at least he's owned up to it and apologised. I'll predict that. I'll, I'll, predict, I'll predict this win this week. Yes, you will, I'm sure. <laughs> I did points, then podium, so logical conclusion is to predict the win uh, for the next race. I assume that's bold, not sensible, but we'll find out later in the show. Um, what we'll do now, though, is we'll go back to Joe, because I want to hear what your moment of the weekend was. Um, it's just got to be those last 10 or so laps, I think. Um, uh, 
I mean, other than the first few laps, it was pretty much the only bit of the race worth watching. You know, the rest was quite processional. But, yeah, really exciting few laps with Leclerc. Looking like he was faster than Verstappen, but then ultimately Verstappen managed to hold him off and pull the gap again. Um, but also you had Perez on Sainz, um, Hamilton, Russell and Bottas going together. And that's uh, and then just an unbelievable amount happening sort of between, you know, for those lower points places. You know, Albon managing to sneak a, sneak a point in the end. So, yeah, it all happened at the end of the race, um, which really did sort of save its bacon as a, as a spectacle, really. You didn't know where to look at the end, and uh, at some points the production wasn't there to let us look at anything. Like I mean, the- they could have looked anywhere, and they chose to look at the crowd. I mean, it's the one thing <laughs> not interested in. <laughs> Including the crowd themselves. Uh, <laughs> but there you go you can't have everything and um to those lando norris fans that were on twitter saying please can something happen in this race <laughs> and then they said another tweet anything but that because the thing that caused the safety car to come out was lando norris being spun out by pierre gasly it was a bit of an unfortunate coming together i don't think anyone's fault in particular on that one and i think the stewards agreed that was a great end of the race i will say my moment of the weekend was the end of qualifying q3 i think it was a great qualifying altogether really because you didn't really know who was quickest there was there were moments earlier on where lewis was struggling to get out of the first session of qualifying and then he managed to put in an, an, another few good laps and then you had stroll somehow managing to get into q3 um at the end you were thinking max verstappen was somehow going to get on pole position after hardly having any laps of the track uh with his reliability issues in practice on friday but he had a moment in like the fourth or fifth corner of the track and bailed out that allowed an open door for uh, Charles Leclerc and Carla Sainz to lock out that front row. Not that it did them any good in the end, but it was still exciting to watch for a Saturday night. Jimmy, what was your moment of the weekend? My moment of the weekend was Martin Breaks the Grid Part 2. Um, if people remembered last year with uh, in Megan Austin, was, Megan the Stallion, sorry, yeah, Megan the Stallion, and Martin was all over the place. Even wore a uh, rather vibrant shirt as well for the the uh, the, the grid walk. Um, and yeah, it was very funny. He was going all over the place. He he spotted Serena and Venus Williams, and he said, "Should I go and get humiliated again?" And he said, "Why not? You guys will like it." So he went and talked to them. Didn't get much sense out of them. They didn't really they want to speak to They weren't that chatty, him. were they? No. They were more interested in other celebrities, you know, trying to boost their egos and all that sort of jazz. Um, there's a lot of people there who didn't know what they were talking about. They All they knew was there was a red car called a Ferrari and there was Lewis Hamilton is a very good world champion. That's about it. That's Pharrell. That's Pharrell, who apparently is a big petrol head, said Ferrari, I like the red Ferrari cars, and Lewis Hamilton's my brother. 
That's all he got out of him, which is all very nice. But That links to my AJ on the line, line of the week, as I'm sure you know, Jimmy. So I'm going to give you mine now, and then we'll talk a bit more about this brilliant grid walk because it did come from Pharrell. Um, he, after he, he, he said that he likes Ferraris and that Lewis Hamilton is his brother, he was asked who is going to win the race. And he said, I'm here with my brother, Richard Mill. And then he was asked again, <laughs> who do you want to win the race? I'm here with my brother, Richard Mill. <laughs> and then <laughs> Martin asked him again, but he'd already turned around and kind of bowed down as if to say, I've done my promo. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. I'm off. <laughs> it just made me laugh. But I've got to say... um, Another great moment was DJ Khaled <laughs> because Martin Brundle, like he knew he was DJ Khaled. He'd obviously been briefed about that, but he didn't know the memory that Ma- that DJ Khaled was about to come out with. And he just went off on his usual DJ Khaled spiel saying, <laughs> this is all a love. We're blessed. We're family. We're F1. It's beautiful. Miami's my home. I'm loving it another one <laughs> another one and <laughs> my yeah but it's just rubbish though it just it doesn't make any but, sense whatsoever he's just saying a load of words that he thinks make sense <laughs> to him in they may make sense to him in his mind but i mean does it make sense to anybody I'll have else you know that no. martin brundle said um you've summed it up very well sir <laughs> and then Dwayne wade leans in the basketballer and he, he leans over and says they don't want us to be in miami with f1 and then <laughs> dj Khaled turned to the camera and said god does <laughs> <laughs> I can see Joe's face is either impressed or disgusted, and I can't tell which. <laughs> I love DJ Khaled, though. I bet their bank balance is very impressed they're in Miami. I mean, they would have got paid mega bucks for it all. Yeah. Printing money for them, basically. It's just a wad of cash. Go and be an idiot on the grid for a bit, and then we'll give you 10 million quid or whatever. God does. Exactly. God believes in it, so let's go on. Let's go for it. I'm here with my brother Richard Mill. (laughs) Yeah, we're all good friends with Richard Mill. That's that's the funny thing, isn't it? Um, Formula One and rappers, they they all get on with Richard Mill. Because they want a watch that's very expensive, so they want to pay list price instead of paying half a million quid for one. That's why they're all, you know, clamoring. I would ask what list price is, but, um, yeah. About 80 grand. Yeah, just still a hell of a lot of cash. It's just a lot less than half a million quid. Hold on. How can that be justified that you can either buy a watch for 80 grand or 100 mil? I don't know. What was your AJ on the line, line of the week, Jimmy? Um, it was along the same lines as you. Uh, it's Martin absolutely owning people. And it's um, him. He couldn't find anybody to speak to. So he goes and speaks to this old bloke. I've never seen him in my life before. He was wearing some very peculiar clothes. Um, yeah, he's like a 70-year-old. Uh, and he goes, who are you? And he goes, I'm a very prominent social media influencer. And he's got all of his friends around him. And I said, I don't know who you are. Uh, that's funny. And, I say, and he says his name. Yeah. And he's still not the wiser Martin, isn't he? Just walks off. Everybody needs a Martin Brundle. I think if he went around the way, if he went to the Oscars, it would be brilliant. Because he wouldn't know who anybody was. He'd just go, who the hell's just won this award? Yeah. And then I just walk off. 
let's go and interview them. And he'd walk on the stage, but he wouldn't slap them like Will Smith. No, no. no. I don't think Martin's he... got that in him. He'd just say some <laughs> clever words. See, when I looked at Twitter after it, people were divided. They either said that they were avoiding the grid walk with everything that they had, or that Martin Brundle should have a knighthood. There was no real in-between. Which side of the fence were you on, Joe? Well, I didn't watch it, so, I mean... <laughs> that answers the question. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a case of deliberate evasion, but, uh, but yeah, I can't really tell you. Fair enough. Well, what was your AJ on the line, line of the week? Well, first, haven't we uh, skipped the honourable mention? We have skipped the honourable mention, but because Jimmy and I were talking about the grid walk, it made sense to go to the next award, which is why we've done it in that order. It's um, F1 YouTuber, um, it's the one with the really hard to say name, like Tiamat Marduk or something like that. And he said that he would be surprised if we didn't get a halftime show in the middle of the Miami Grand Prix. It might have improved it. Yeah, it might, it might. I mean, a tactical red flag, get DJ Khaled in to perform. Another one. Who knows? Another one. Yeah. Who knows I mean, what that means, but... Who knows? It might have improved it, but yeah. Hopefully that's not the direction we're going uh, to gonna go in, but honestly, you can see it happening. Does he want another coffee? Beer? Does he want another one? Another Jimmy, it's, it's, another, it's another number one single. Right. It's another one. Wow. How does he come Another up with one. Stuff? Well, the, it, it was a bit of a long race, and I heard that um, a few years ago when Pharrell Williams, who was there today, as we know, uh, with his brother uh, Richard Mill, um, when he previously attended a Formula One race, he obviously found it quite boring because <laughs> he fell asleep in the middle of the race mm. <laughs> while he was there uh, as a guest of Lotus. Um, just a little bit of an in intel there um, on his great passion for cars. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll move on because I think that's what Miami was all really about, wasn't it? It was about the celebrities and <laughs> and the, the entertainment. So I think the AJ on the line lines of the week sum that up quite well. But I think we'll finish off our five awards this week with... The Honourable Mention this time. I don't just think I know because that's our only option right now. I am going to give my Honourable Mention to George Russell for the reasons that Jimmy gave for the biggest winner award. Um, it's just, um, he's done a great job to recover that drive. Yes, you could say he was a bit lucky with the safety car coming out when it did, but it was good strategy. He played it well and Fair enough, he overtook Lewis Hamilton off the track, gave that back, and then overtook him again. I wonder, though, whether he might have caught Perez. Probably a bit too little, too late, but um, a solid drive from him once again. Another top five finish. Um, Joe? Along similar lines, Esteban Ocon, P20 to P8. Really good. Yeah, oh, solid, actually. What a drive. I not really clocked that. Yep, started at the back of the grid. Obviously, the two Aston Martins were in the pit lane, um, but he was still starting on grid slot 20. Um, and, yeah, he uh, probably the best driver of the day, really. Um, obviously benefited from the same things Russell did. Um, but, yeah, 
to go. He finished ahead of Alonso, his teammate. Really good drive from him. Alonso had a bit of a scruffy race, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was uh, he was in the wars. I mean, that that whole group of drivers were. I mean, everything sort of below um, eighth was just in a big sort of scrappy mess the whole race. But yeah. But that that was the only way they could get past because it was so slippy offline uh, with the marbles and it having rained overnight and things like that. Uh, we'll head over to Jimmy, though, because he's going to give us all his honourable mention to finish off the awards this week. It's a big moment, Jimmy. Are you ready? I didn't copy you, but I did copy you. I thought of it oh, organically. Why can't you just go for Alex Albon? No, 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 no. I thought of it organically. So it was in my mind already. It's just you said it before. Yeah, well, so look, if you'd have said it, I'd have switched to Alex Albon. So... Fair I'm not. I haven't got that sort of uh, dynamism to do that. I'm very one-track-minded, so forgive me, uh, Esteban Ocon, for the same reasons. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a big crash, you know, we've got up to eighth, and uh, yeah, at least got some points. There you go, Esteban Ocon finishes off as the the driver that we want to mention at the end of this this, this podcast. He, he arguably did come with the drive of the day. We will move on, though, as we must, from a Spanish-speaking area of America in Miami to a Spanish-speaking country called Spain, uh, because that is the next race. It's in Barcelona, and hopefully it's a little bit more exciting than Miami. Let's hope so. Yeah, that famously exciting track in Barcelona. Well, it it wasn't too bad last year, was it? No, it was good last year. But but pretty much every every race was good last year. Even Spain and France were good last year. That's but. true. We were blessed last year. Uh, but maybe we'll be blessed next time because we've now seen DJ Khaled and one of his other catchphrases is bless up. Let's do some predictions for that Spanish Grand Prix. Jimmy, we'll begin with you. Your sensible prediction. Sensible prediction would be a uh, Ferrari 1-2. Um, I think this track coming up will suit them quite well. Um, you know, Red Bull have uh, ran quite a, a low drag car this weekend, but you have to remember that a 2 very long straights that were over a kilometre long, um, so it did pay dividends. Uh, whereas Spain is a very different track. There's not very long straights, and the Ferrari tends to do quite well in the corners. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for a Ferrari 1-2. Nice one. Um, I'll go for a Carlos Sainz win at home, first ever win in a Ferrari. Nice shot, that is. Love Joe? Shot. Uh, I agree with you that the Ferrari is going to win. It's going to be the stronger car, I think, if you look at the track. But I'm going to go with uh, Leclerc and Verstappen finishing one and two again because uh, Max Verstappen's just a really good driver, isn't he? So he is a very good driver, and he's. Mm. Mm. Do you know? Do you know who definitely isn't there? Who? Sergio Perez. How could you even possibly argue that Perez is having the better season now? Well, no, he didn't. He had a shocker today, to be honest, with the uh, the tyres. It uh, wasn't really his fault, any of that. Well, he was still yeah, running behind Verstappen. Yeah, and he could have overtaken Science as well on worn hards and new mediums. What I'm going to do is boldly predict that we're going to have a McLaren podium in Spain. 
They did so well in the initial testing. Yeah. Well, I, you could you could see <laughs> you could see my logic at least. So yeah, ball can, prediction: yeah. McLaren podium after a not so great weekend in Miami. Interesting. Joe. Fernando Alonso podium at home. Ooh. Possibly having your uh, po- possibly a double Spanish podium if your prediction also comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Imagine Sainz wins, Alonso second, and Perez, Norris, Perez. or Ricardo. No, you got to no. You'd have, you'd have Perez on there. I mean, Spanish speaking, aren't they? Yeah, but I predicted a McLaren podium. Yeah, well, I'm I'm saying uh, all right, fine. I'm, I'm upgrading my prediction now. I'm going to say uh, Sainz, Alonso, and uh, Perez podium for that all Spanish vibe. Well, we will see on that. But Jimmy, what have you got to say boldly? My bold prediction is that Mercedes turn up with a cracker of a car. Um, now this is a bit of a a bit of a, uh, a, a a long shot. However, they did show glimpses this weekend of them being pretty quick when they got it into the sweet spot. You know, they got a couple more weeks to digest the information. They keep learning day after day, looking at the data, and I think that they're starting to get a handle on it, which is really encouraging. You do get the impression that Spain is probably going to be their last roll of the dice before they fully focus on next year. It it just shows how dominant Mercedes have been that it is an absolute disaster and they're going to, or they're considering just chucking the car in the bin because they've got the third fastest car. Right, so we've talked about this Miami Grand Prix uh, we've talked about the Spanish Grand Prix on the horizon, but before we go, we have a little bit of a discussion to have, both of you. So, we've had some um, comments on TikTok come through to us for have debate. Have we really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Big time, big time now. Look at that. We've got all viewers and everything, yeah. Right, just to give you context, Jimmy, because I know you're you're not on TikTok. Joe knows about this, not because he's on TikTok, but because he gets told by people that are. But <coughs> I made a video or two, um, amongst other things, and you can check out our TikTok at ajontheline.com. Um, and I, ma- <laughs> I made a couple of videos comparing Formula One drivers to Drake projects. It got it got quite um, a, a nice amount of feedback, really, and uh, you guys seem to enjoy it. But one of the comments that I got from it was Archie underscore twenty four seven, who commented that he didn't agree uh, with my characterization that Lewis Hamilton is slept on. Now, am I right or am I wrong when I say that? I have to say, I thought you meant projects as in like. I, I don't know what you meant with projects. I, I think of a project as like building a shed or, you know, doing up a car. <laughs> I'm not quite... I'm not quite sure what Drake's projects are. So... Albums, not, like, James. Albums. albums. I, I, I don't know about Drake's albums, to be honest. I'm not a huge... That's not the huge. point. You have to... You, you, you require zero knowledge of Drake to have this discussion. <laughs> oh, do I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is slept on. Right or wrong, Jimmy? Is Lewis Hamilton under or overrated, James? Underrated. Explain. Well, he's the greatest champion in the world, and everybody thinks Max Verstappen's better than him. So there we go. Yeah. Now, 
not everybody. I don't. I don't know whether people think that Max Verstappen is better than him, but my reasoning behind that is that they're calling him for him to retire, and that they say, "Ah, oh, it's only because of the car and things like that," which um, I don't think is is fair. Um, and I think the point that I was trying to make on that video, Archie. The point that I was trying to make was that when Lewis Hamilton retires, you will realise how much of an impact he had on Formula 1 and how great he was. In terms of impact, imagine Lewis Hamilton was on the podium in Miami today. Like People would have remembered that event as incredible because he would have played up to that rather than just looking tired on a a buggy. Um, Now, fair enough. You've had a long race, but Lewis Hamilton knows how to win, win well, and put on a show. Joe, we had a little bit of a conversation on this the other day, and you disagreed with me. You think that? Do you think he's rated fair enough? I mean, I think it. Uh, I think I did disagree with you, by the way. Um, but oh, I, sorry. I, I think I just disagreed with your concept. To be honest. Oh, the oh, the concept of Drake being involved. In yes. F1. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think, I think certain people underrate, uh, Lewis Hamilton as a racing driver. I mean, if you think, if you think the impact that Lewis had when he came into the sport, um, you know, equal, you know, imagine if a rookie came in and equal the world champion in the same car in their first season. That's, you know. Not just a world champion. The, the guy that had come in and beaten a seven-time world champion. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it'd be like someone coming in and beating Verstappen in the same car now. Um, but, yeah, I think, if, if you think that's just the beginning of his career, that that's just, like, what his achievements have been built on. Uh, did you hear... <laughs> Well, this is something that we can potentially end on. Did you hear that Craig Slater was removed from the F1 paddock after he was doing the backstroke on the fake water <laughs> in the harbour? I did not know he got removed <laughs> the, Amer- <laughs> the Americans had a bit of a sense of humour failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that needs to be sorted out next year. You know, if there's no water there, there's no water there. I mean, you know... Why don't you just put a desert? Why don't you just put a desert or a beach or something there? Why don't you get a wave machine? It's it's for people to be able to walk to without getting wet and sit on these different yachts that yacht companies are selling. <laughs> so so for those of you that haven't seen, you probably have, but um, you, you might not have known about um, fake water that had, that had been made out of kind of vinyl. Uh, in the middle, like on the inside of the track, uh, where fans can kind of walk around. There was a pool. There was a mermaid. Like there was, there was all sorts of things going on um, at that Miami Grand Prix. It was very American, as we've said. But uh, Craig Slater, one of the Sky reporters, um, <laughs> he was doing a bit of a backstroke on on the fake water, and yeah. Um, obviously some American security guards removed him. We also can't not mention Ted Kravitz on his notebook. He's probably doing his race notebook as we speak, but his qualifying notebook, did you see how he went up the escalator, 
to the top of the um, Miami Dolphin Stadium. And then he ran the wrong way down the escalator afterwards. And <laughs> it was just so Ted Kravitz. But I felt sorry for the, the cameraman who was following him down, having to hold a camera, go down this really high, steep escalator the wrong way around, sweating in the heat like it it was, he made a, a real challenge for his his teammate, never mind himself. But yeah, it was just typical Ted Kravitz and Grace later causing havoc in the, po- the paddock. But that is what we'd like to see. You should tune in next time where we will be discussing the Spanish Grand Prix. It's in two weeks' time. Um, and we look forward to seeing you then. In the meantime, uh, if you want to hear more content from us, Go over to our TikTok at AJ on the line, uh, Twitter, AJ underscore on the line. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at AdamJW44. And you can subscribe to us, subscribe to this podcast. Um, you can do it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other places too. Um, and leave us a five star review because it really does make a difference. And if you want to be mentioned on the next podcast, leave some comments somewhere. We see them, we read them, we discuss them right here in the open for you. And we look forward to seeing you then. Uh, so I'll say thank y'all <laughs> for listening. Although they don't say y'all, so um, I don't know. But what I do know is uh, we will see you in Spain. So gracias. And I should be able to say this in Spanish, but I can't because I'm tired. But we will see you in Barcelona. Have a good couple of weeks off. See you in Spain.